Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Welcome everybody to today's podcast uh, of AB Cinema. Uh, Adam isn't with us today, but we do have Dan here, and he's been on our podcast a couple of times, so welcome him. Uh, Welcome back, Dan. Hey, thanks for having me. So uh, this week, uh, this weekend, we we saw Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and we had the Moon Knight finale, which we'll get into later on in the show, but... Has there been anything that you've been watching recently? Better Call Saul. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I need to watch it. I haven't seen it, and I I hope I just don't fall asleep in it. Because there's, I don't know, for some reason, slower shows have been keeping my attention more. And Did you watch Breaking Bad, Bailey? I didn't, actually. I am curious uh, if you were to watch... Better Call Saul first, and then Breaking Bad, what that experience would be like, watching him chronologically instead of in a release order. Yeah, that would be interesting. I, I did watch... Don't don't be mad at me. I have seen the finale of Breaking Bad. Um, oh. And so I do know how it ends, and it was a great episode. But, yeah, I, I need to watch it from the beginning. It's fantastic. It's so good. Um, so there, there's a lot of stuff that happened this week, but also not a lot of stuff that happened. Um, first Did you do off, anything special for Star Wars Day? No, I, I started watching the book of Boba Fett, uh, behind the scenes, which was better than the actual show. And that was, that was a lot better than, than that. But other than that, I, I just, I started watching Rogue One as well, but then I had to go to work and so I didn't get to finish it. Did you do anything? No, I didn't. I think we watched the Moon Knight finale uh, on that day. Okay. But that was, uh, didn't do anything Star Wars related. Did you watch the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer? I did see that. That does look cool. I am trying to keep my expectations in check. Yeah, especially with the Star Wars shows, because the book of Boba Fett looked so good from the trailers. But then when it came out, it was a... Uh, it was a massive disappointment. I didn't finish it. I watched the first two episodes, and then my brother-in-law sent me a picture of the third episode that had, like, Power Rangers on mopeds. Yeah, that's essentially what happened. I, yeah, I, I didn't really, I didn't, it wasn't engaging. Didn't finish it, but maybe I'll have to finish it before Obi-Wan. You should watch the fourth and fifth episodes before the next season of The Mandalorian, and maybe sixth. I, yeah, I've heard that. I'll probably just watch them all just to just to say I did. Yeah, you could sleep through the third one. <laughs> and trust me from experience, that episode is is perfect to sleep through. <laughs> uh, I mean, even The Mandalorian, I, I really liked it. But there are some episodes that aren't amazing. And I think having Obi-Wan, an Obi-Wan series, just makes me nervous because 
I mean, the, the potential here is so high, so there's so much room for them to mess it up. Yeah, even if they make a good Obi-Wan series, I'd be let down just because I want an amazing Obi-Wan series. I agree. I really wanted a good Obi-Wan series, and I'm very excited for this. I'm glad we got our we got our first look at Darth Vader. Not in action, just his suit and breathing. Um, but it's it's very exciting and like you said, it's you want to keep your expectations in check, and that's how everybody should be. Honestly, that's how I should have been with Doctor Strange, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um but overall you're are you you're excited for obi-wan but just trying to stay calm and not get too hyped up about it yeah i mean the sequel trilogy is trash yeah so i'm just part of me there's a cynical part of me that's like it's just a cash grab it's not you know they're they're just looking for whatever popular characters they can to come back to, to rely on their success rather than original writing or good stories and scripts. So I'm hoping I'm wrong. Yeah, I I hope it's good, but I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to get too excited. And I've only seen the trailer once, and I'm intrigued by it. Um, but we'll see. We'll give it some did you time. Read that they, did you read that they did some rewrites because it was too... Too uh, much like The Mandalorian? Are they saying it wasn't dry? Or were they saying it was too bleak? That was what the word they used. They said it was too bleak. I've read both of those reports. I there was one that was saying that it was too much like the Mandalorian, where Obi Wan tries to protect a child, which um, probably is either Luke or Leia. And I think they kept some of those elements in it based on what the two trailers that we have seen. I am glad they rewrote it because I didn't want a rehash of that. Yeah. But it's going to be exciting. It comes out May 27th, so we're just a couple weeks away from that. And um, just like three weeks now, I believe. Yeah. So one more prediction on that before before we move on. Do you think that there will be another duel between Vader and Obi-Wan? Or do you think that they'll, Darth Vader will just have like a subplot that he's he's tracking Obi-Wan? Yeah, there absolutely will be. Um, when they announced the show, they released some concept art. And one of the pieces of concept art, which this was like two years ago, so this could have changed since then. Um, but they released some concept art, and what we saw was Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader fighting on on some spaceship. It looked really awesome. I don't know if it will happen, though, because things change. Concept art isn't the final product. And so we could see it. I, I think that we'll get a match off between them. I, I I hope so, but I hope they find a way to do it that doesn't compromise their reunion in A New Hope. Yeah. Where they've been apart for so long. I so. wouldn't mind it if, like, I don't know how they could do this, but, like, if if their their fight scenes or their interactions created a, a completely different level to their interactions in A New Hope. Yeah, they uh, the way that they they execute it makes it more layered and more meaningful. I mean, that's what a good prequel does. So Yeah, so hopefully we actually get that in this one. But other than that, we, we did get another trailer this week. And For Avatar? Yeah, did, did you see it in your theater? Yeah, it was... I think a lot of people in the theater knew it was coming because every time there's the, 
the green approved for general audiences ribbon mm-hmm. across the screen. Everyone would get excited and there'd be people whispering and then it would be something else. You could hear kind of an audible release, like a sigh. <laughs> and then when it finally happened, everyone was holding their breath and then the trailer ended and everyone was like, well, I didn't tell me anything about the movie. Yeah, I think a good trailer should do. I don't think a good trailer should tell you very much. This is a teaser trailer. The movie's still seven months away, over seven months away, and so we still have a lot of time before that movie comes out. Did you did you, did the trailer get a a reaction like a an applause or anything like that, or was it pretty dead uh, silent? A couple of people clapped at the beginning when they knew what it was, but at the end, it, I don't think it really stirred anyone up. No one was cheering or anything. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty low key trailer. You just kind of see a lot of some some Navi swimming around. (laughs) Yeah. We get to see a lot more of Pandora. It was, I thought it was a beautiful trailer. I didn't Oh Yeah. Visually it's really cool. Yeah. Like you said, though, the action, it wasn't very, it didn't have a lot of depth and that was, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it did what teasers were supposed to do. Like you said, it gives you a tease of the movie um, I'm very excited for this movie. I, I think it's going to knock Shazam 2 out of the water. Um, the way of the water? Yep. That's the way that Shazam's oh, going to go out. So I'm excited for it. I think it'll be... It'll probably be, break records again. Avatar 1 is going to be re-released in theaters in September. And that's going to shoot up even higher. Especially if they give a sneak peek of Avatar 2. Yeah. I I'll go see it. I don't know how I feel about it. I, the first one is was really cool when it came out, uh, but it's not it's not amazing in my opinion, at least. Tec- technologically, it is, but as far as anything else goes, like story, it lacked a lot in my yeah. opinion. I am curious to see how his underwater mocap is going to play out because that was one thing that James Cameron had said is. He wanted to wait to make an Avatar sequel until he had the technology available to do something to push the medium in a totally different way, like how he used 3D yeah. in the first one. And this I mean, this movie is going to be... It's shot in 120 FPS. And is it going to show in 120? I believe so. Oh. I mean, I hope so. I just I didn't think... know if most movie projectors were calibrated to do that. Well, I, yeah, that's the thing. I have no idea because I was wondering that same thing. Like, how are they going to show this? Like, I imagine the IMAX format will absolutely be in that because it's probably something that the, that's the kind of format that is made for this movie. And so I imagine that those cameras will be updated or or not cameras. Their projectors will be updated for this. And hopefully I, I'm going to. I'll be driving three and a half hours to see this movie in an IMAX theater. Hey, we'll come see it in the IMAX near me. Yeah, I'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll have to, maybe we can get a huge group together. It'll be really fun. We'll dress up. We'll just get on stilts <laughs> and paint ourselves blue and be naked. Yeah, it's no problem. We got this. <laughs> um, but um, other than that, do you have any other thoughts on Avatar The Way of the Water? Nope, just that it's uh, about time. Jeez, thir- years. it's 13 years by the time this years. one comes out. So it'll be really exciting. Um, other news, we got the trio, the main trio for the Percy Jackson and the Olympians Disney Plus, tri- uh, not trilogy, uh, series announced. We 
a couple weeks back, we found out that Walter Scoble of the Adam Project is cast as Percy Jackson. Um, recently, a couple of younger actors that don't have any very many films to their names, uh, Leah Sava Jeffries as Annabeth and Aryan Simhadri as Grover. Uh, did you read the Percy Jackson series? Oh, I was a massive fan as a kid. Same. I was like, too. Obsessed. I, I don't know how I feel about this casting right now, but I am excited and intrigued. Well, yeah. I mean, they, I think Rick Riordan kind of went, he pulled a, a little J.K. Rowling where after he released his books, he, he kind of realized he should have or wanted to make them more inclusive uh, than he originally did. And so he kind of, you know, he made a couple of retcons later in the series about certain characters. And I think it, it he pulled it off with a lot more finesse than J.K. Rowling did for sure. Um, so, and I think that this casting reflects maybe what he, if he were to do it again, how he would choose to do it. Because I think he's an executive producer on the series. He is. And he's the writer. And so yeah. this is, I love that he's actually getting his hand in this because of the 20th century fox movies. oh yeah i remember uh my sister and i would re- religiously read his blog um and as the movie was coming out he kept putting out things like by the way i have almost no input into what they're doing with this movie <laughs> and like <laughs> you could tell he was he was a little let down by what they're putting together so i think you know i haven't seen these actors in anything else so i think i mean they could do great did you uh, watch the to- adam project yeah, I did. I thought I thought that kid I think he'll be a great Percy Jackson. I agree. I I think it'll be really fun. I I hope he doesn't play the same character that he played in The Adam Project cuz that was his yeah. first big movie, so I'm really really curious to see how he's going to pull off Percy. Yeah, me too. And I I'm, I'm glad that they got actual like children to play <laughs> these uh characters as opposed to like 25-year-olds. 25-year-olds. Yeah. I mean, I love Alexandria Daddario, but she she just wasn't Annabelle to me. No, nope. neither of them were. Honestly, that the casting for everybody in that series in those two movies was horrible. I thought they got the gods all right, and honestly, I like Grover, the gods were fine. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very book accurate at all. So we'll see. We'll have to just wait and see how these actors uh, portray the characters and. I'm excited. When is do we know when the series is supposed to come out? It's going to come out sometime next year. I imagine it will be like a summer spring release. I don't believe they've filmed yet, so probably a summer release. I mean, if they just cast, then yeah, there's no way that they're yeah. that far along. Um, but other than that, we we do have moving on to some bigger galaxy moving news. Guardians of the Galaxy three has finished filming and um. This comes out in the May of May of next year, I believe. And so this will be the last of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies that James Gunn is directing. I'm excited for this. There's not really much else to say about this other than um, it's about time that we're getting a Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Did you like the first two Guardians films? Oh, I love the first two. Okay. I think they're great. A lot of people give the second one some flack and say it's not as good as the first. And I push back on that and say, I think it's just as good as the first. I think my opinion is the first one introduced a completely different concept to the MCU, which was really refreshing. 
The second one, my my issues with it were that it didn't feel I I don't know how to explain it. Like they tried to lean more into the family drama than they did on the first one. And it was because the family that they had the misfits that had come together were more closer. And I feel like we got we didn't get as much development of the family that they had developed um, from the first film to the second film. So that's just my issue with it. I like the film still. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious. But I'm very, very excited to see Guardians 3. Yeah. I think the second one's really good. I think it's a logical step for them to go with that dynamic because I don't really want to just see a retread of what they did in the first movie. And I think that there's some different emotional beats that hit in the second one that aren't in the first. I agree, especially with between Kurt Russell and Chris Pratt's characters. Yeah. Those those two had some really good interactions in that movie, and I I really enjoyed that. Another... I, sorry, I was going to say, one more thing. My favorite part of that whole film is the relationship between Nebula and Gamora and how that develops. But what were you going to say? You had other thoughts. I do have some gripes because I read the comics for the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they really, really changed Star-Lord's uh, roots, and I wasn't too happy about that. Hmm. Um, and I didn't see any trailers for this movie because I'd come home from a mission and I went to see this movie like a week and a half after, which probably wasn't the best idea, but, uh, but it was, that was the first movie I saw when I came home. Yeah. It literally came out like the Friday I, I left. So I, I went two years after it came out, you know, without seeing it literally the day I came home, that was the first thing I did. Let's watch Guardians of the Galaxy. It was good though. It was really good. I I really enjoyed it, and I'm I I can't wait to see all the actors coming into this. Will Poulter is going to be uh, playing Adam Warlock in it. There's a couple other cast members that haven't been announced yet, and those whoever they are, they're probably going to excite me. I'm sure some of them will be a little confusing, uh, but I'm as far as casting, because James Gunn is always out of the left field when it comes to his casting and his films. So I'm really excited to see this one finished. Yeah. Um, somewhat of a side note, there's a song by, okay, there's a Holland Oates song called She's Gone. And oh every time I listened to it, I was like, how has James Gunn not used this in a Guardians film? This like, he could use this in any scene. And I was like, I want him to use this so bad. The third one. And then later, like that, it was like last year or it was during COVID. He released a Spotify playlist. That was every song that he wants to include in a guardian song. And that was the number one song. And he was like, <laughs> I've almost put it in the first two, but I, it's just like, he's like, I want the, the perfect scene for it. And I just keep finding other songs that I think will be better. But the amount of validation I got in that moment when he was like, yeah, this is the perfect song. And I was like, I've been saying that. Oh, I was like, just hire me, James Gunn. I feel hire like me. that that song will fit really well with the Gamora and Star-Lord storyline in this next movie. Oh, no, movie. 100%. Yeah. Um, moving on, though, we are coming back to Earth for Crazy Rich Asians spinoff. Uh, did you see the first Crazy Rich Asians film? I mean, the only oh. Crazy Rich Asians film? Yeah, no, it's great. I'm I like it. I'm really excited for the stuff they have coming with this. Um, but the the big piece of news is that 
Gemma Chan and Harry Shum Jr.'s characters are going to be getting their own spinoff. I don't know if it's a movie or a sequel to this, um, but it's also being written by the writer of Barry, Jason Kim. It's a kind of a genre change. I mean, it could be good. I've never um, seen Barry, so I, I, I have no idea. I hope that they, they keep Gemma, Can- Gemma Chan, and I hope they cast me to play Harry Shum Jr.'s character, because I have the hugest crush on Gemma Chan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, this, this, her character was so great in that movie, had some of the most emotional beats. And I'm really excited to see what they bring to this. Um, there's not really much else to talk about about this, but uh, moving on to some more controversial news, Apple has recently delayed the Will Smith movie Emancipation to 2023. I think their their move with this is just to try to let the steam the steam <laughs> to settle down a little bit of this whole Chris Rock and Will Smith situation. I don't really want to get into it very much. We've had a couple episodes about Will Smith and I I'm excited to see this movie. Um but I'm fine. I'm fine waiting a couple months to wait to see it in 2023. Hey, I know nothing about this movie, so it's uh, it's I'm a, not losing sleep. Yeah, it's uh, gonna be about slavery. Um, it's set in that time period. Um, Will Smith plays a character named Peter, and it's his journey through slavery and the emancipation. Well, that sounds heavy. Yeah, I'm sure it will be, and I'm sure Apple was probably really disappointed when that slap happened. Because I'm sure this was probably one of their their heavy hitters that they had gotten. So we'll see. Um, the last bit of news that we have before we talk about Moon Knight and Doctor Strange. Cobra Kai Season 5 is coming September 9th. This is a guilty pleasure of mine, this show. I loved the Karate Kid shows, the movies growing up. Um, and Cobra Kai is really fun as well. And I'm really excited to see... What happens in this one? The first two seasons were really good. It's kind of gone downhill since then, but um, I'm I'm a sucker for these shows. So, okay. So, have you seen Cobra Kai? No, I haven't. Uh, I think my family watched the first two seasons of it, and they really liked it. Um, and I haven't gotten around to it. But I also really like the Karate Kid movies. Well, I guess movie the first one. I didn't see two or three. Two was good. Three was all right. I I really enjoyed um, the Karate Kid movies growing up, and this show it was the perfect bit of nostalgia. I I think it hits a little on the nose of retreading the the same water that the original series went through, uh, kind of like the Star Wars sequel trilogy has done. Um, but I'm also really excited to see what they do with this new season. I feel like they've kind of run out of the of trying to hit on every nostalgia beat that the original shows movies hit on. So we'll see how it goes, but it's coming September 9th. The first trailer for it came out earlier this last week. And um, if you're a fan, let us know your thoughts on that. But now we're going to talk a little bit about Moon Knight, the series or season finale. We're not really sure what to expect from this show right now. Personally, I was a little disappointed by this show. 
I I liked it. I think it's it's very it slots very middle for me. I didn't like it as much as Loki or WandaVision, but I definitely liked it more than Hawkeye and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And I think that there's some really good stuff here that they could work with in the future. Um and I was a f- I really liked how spoiler we were going to get. Not not a lot, right? I I think it's safe to bring up the CGI fight and that's probably about it. They they yeah. definitely here's what I will say. The big CGI fight in Cairo with the gods was was over the top. Oh, I was I was almost asleep during that. I I was kind of, I was bored honestly. I I thought the the show itself I liked the episode 5 a lot more than this one. I think the post credit scene was perfectly done. I thought that that was amazing. I think that's probably my favorite part of the whole episode. <laughs> I agree. I I felt a little bit cheated almost. I wish we had gotten that reveal a little bit earlier, especially since this show is being presented as a limited series. Yeah. I, I if I had known like this was the first of like like leading into a Moon Knight trilogy of movies, I'd be okay with that. Or like even yeah. a standalone Moon Knight movie. But I think he's coming back. I know Oscar Isaac hasn't officially signed anything that we know of that's been publicly announced. But he seems to have had a really good time making this. It really gets to he gets to show off his acting chops. He was an executive producer on it too, I think. So he probably had a quite a bit of input on on what direction it goes. So I would be surprised if he if he doesn't come back because I think Elizabeth Olsen also is does her contracts on a basis to basis kind of deal, um, where she doesn't want to commit long term, but she still really likes the character, and so once she hears something, she'll she'll sign to it usually. Yeah, um, and we'll talk a little bit about that later on, but about Elizabeth Olsen. Um, but this, yeah, this show itself, like, I, I felt like I was, my expectations for the show were a lot higher than what we got. And I think that's why I was disappointed. I liked the first couple of episodes, probably, I liked the first two episodes and then episode five. Episode five really hit it home for me as far as, like, I, I, and the thing about the first two episodes, it's more so Oscar Isaac's performance than the story. Yeah. And then episode five came and I really loved the story in that episode. I really liked, yeah, I think, I think I'm in the same boat. I really liked the intro to the character in season one, I mean, episode one. And then the second episode, uh, kind of, or I think episode one probably gave us a better setting of what, you know, Maybe cut this. I don't know what I'm saying right now. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right, though. Like, it gave us a better setting of who this character is and where he's coming from and how he's kind of left in the dark regarding his his disability. Yeah. And I, That was the point I was going for. So good job on reading my mind there. I, I think that they, it did a really good job at portraying that aspect of the character. And see, episode five really hit that aspect home. Like episode one and two were just like the perfect compliments to each other at one and five. Yeah. And I think there was an episode three or four. 
It's the one where they go and they fight. There's the big pyramid action scene where the the one guy's riding the horse around. And they yeah. Throw spears out. That I think that's the felt, third one. Yeah. It had, I mean, I liked the action scene, but the whole episode felt very unnecessary. Like they, they came up with like, oh, we have to go to this tomb for a reason before we can go find Harrow. It just felt very, it was just padding. Just yeah. Fluff. I, I, another thing I didn't really like, like the show is called Moon Knight. And out of all of the characters that we got the least amount of time with, it's Moon Knight itself, like the vigilante of Moon Knight or the persona yeah. of Moon Knight. And so that was a little disappointing to me. But I, and I was really hoping for more like James Bond, Indiana Jones kind of type of show, which we got little aspects of that with the Jason Bourne feel of the fight in Cairo and the Indiana Jones tomb hunting and in the fourth episode. I thought that I think that's why my expectations for the show were a little let down is because I was expecting something completely different. I, that being said, I still really enjoyed this show and I'd say it's probably my number three behind Loki, then WandaVision, then Moon Knight. Yeah. And I think I liked that it was more character driven, um, more characters driven, mm-hmm. all characters being Oscar Isaac. Um, than a lot of the other shows have been previously. Um, I still think that as a whole, like using, I remember when they announced they were going to do Disney plus series for, uh, for Marvel, I got really excited because I think a lot of problems with the Marvel movies come with the fact that they just, they have to put so much into two hours. And I thought with TV, they can really explore these characters more and they can, let things breathe and they can they can have long arcs and i still don't feel like any of the shows have really used that medium i've used the medium to its full potential i think wandavision came close wandavision definitely came close as far as loki i think that did a lot for setting up the future which we'll get into in just a minute with doctor strange too um i agree though you're you're completely right WandaVision had a lot of time to breathe. It had uh, an MCU finale, but other than that, it, it was one of the better shows that we've gotten for emotion. Like, uh, honestly, the the episode about grief and going through Wanda's past was probably one of my favorite episodes that I've seen in any of the shows. That and then the, the uh, He Who Remains episode in Loki. Those two episodes were, were so beautiful to me and so well done and they weren't they were just character driven for those episodes it wasn't about the best fight scene that we got it was all about what these characters are going through and that's what episode five of moon knight did as well and i wish we got more character driven moments in in these shows i feel like they're struggling to figure out how to mold their their formula for the movies into these shows and I don't and think, I think they, they should stop trying to do it. I think that they should treat it as a TV show. I agree. I agree. I, uh, they need to bring John Favreau back. He started with Iron Man. I feel like he's gotten a good idea of what TV is from the Mandalorian. Maybe not Boba Fett, but I think he's got a good idea of that. Maybe it's just because I'm on my better call Saul kick still but i would love if they could somehow convince vince gilligan to do a marvel show 
I don't know how that it, that could work because Vince Gilligan has such a distinctive style that I think would feel kind of out of place in the MCU. But every episode has is very relevant to the story. It's so character driven. It's like there's no fluff. Like everything that's going on is just it's so immaculately crafted. It's there's so much work that goes into it to make sure every frame looks good, to make sure every line of dialogue is there for a purpose. It's just it's masterful. That's the kind of that's the level of writing I would love to see on a Marvel project. I would love to see that too. I love character driven moments and depth and as it pertains to the story, which Marvel has struggled with getting that depth um, for for all of their series as a whole. Now, I I think we should talk a little bit about Doctor Strange, though, because Doctor Strange had the complete opposite issues for me. Um, It's pacing. First of all, I want to express, I love this movie. I thought it was really fun. It was really quirky. It felt like a Sam Raimi film. There were some parts of it that I had, that I was just kind of wondering why. Um... But this movie went on, like, certain aspects of this movie went on too long. The fight scene that we've seen between that giant squid monster, I felt was drawn out way too long. The the guitar riff, whenever we saw Doctor Strange in a certain moment, felt very, it was very Danny Elfman, but it felt very out of place as well for the character. Like, I... I get what they were trying to do with it. It made it feel like a 90s film almost, or an 80s film, an 80s horror film. But at the same time, I, I was a little turned off by that. I Anytime that they were bringing the 80s horror vibe, I was there for it. I think that that was the coolest part of the whole movie. Um, I love the horror elements. Oh, it's, it was so It's good. the guitar riff that that was just like... I started chuckling inside because I was like, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about or oh, if you I, remember I do. it. Um, and I think I really like that that scene. I do think that it could have been uh, better placed in a different like setting. It was almost like they had these two ideas and, you know, one for the guitar riff and one for that, you know, where they are at that point in the story yeah, and who he's with. Um. I, and they decided to just kind of squish the two scenes into one to save time because it, yeah, they don't feel like they should really mix. I agree. Um, and the thing, because there's like this classical element. If if I'm remembering that one scene that you're talking about correctly, we're trying to avoid spoilers, everyone. So I don't know if that's what you're talking about. Yeah, no, I think the two ideas there are great individually, and together they just were okay. Mm-hmm. They weren't bad. It still worked. Um, it, it did work. I just, for me, going into this, my expectations were this is going to be a trippy, horror-filled Doctor Strange film. And we got that. But I wasn't expecting it to be as cheesy as it was at times. See, I've heard a lot of people complaining about the cheese. And I, for me, it wasn't on a different level than like other MCU movies. I, I think, I mean, there's some cheese to it, but it's not more than there usually is. And I don't know if it had to do with Danny Elfman's score. Because I've was i been thinking about it a lot, and I'm actually going to be seeing it again 
we're recording this on Saturday, and so I'm seeing it again later today. And I I don't know if it's the score or just the the way the camera worked at certain moments, but for me, this film was it was good at delivering the purpose of what it was trying to get across of like, this is a multiversal film. We have characters from the multiverse coming into this and there's what we want to do is expand the MCU going forward. And it did a really good job of that. It's akin to Captain America's civil war where they said, okay, we're going to, we're going to kind of put a wrench into everything that we've done so far. And we're going to change the dynamic of everything going forward. I think it did a really good job at that. But I do think that as a standalone Doctor Strange film, I was a little turned off by the pacing for the most part. Yeah, I I think there was some clunky pacing. But I think um, once it really found its its groove in the 80s horror, I think it was it was just firing on all cylinders. This movie does have some other issues. Like I kind of thought that Strange's character arc was more or less just a retread of this arc from the first movie. I agree. Um, wasn't anything groundbreaking there. And I, I think they could have used the multiverse setting a little bit more. I think there was some untapped potential, which they could still get to in what I'm going to call the inevitable America Chavez Disney Plus series that's here any day now. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I wasn't the only one that thought that. I I I definitely think America Chavez is coming. She's part of the Young Avengers team, which in the comics, uh, the Young Avengers are banded together when the Avengers disappear. Which we have yeah. no Avengers team right now. Yeah, and I mean the plot is just propelled by various MacGuffins. It's not super. I don't know, it's not thought out. It's not very interesting. It's pretty predictable. Um, I think plot wise, action wise, like the action scenes are really great because I have no idea what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. It was very unpredictable. And as far as the action scenes go, but I, I have to ask you without getting into any spoilers, thoughts on the cameos that we did receive. Oh, I, I wasn't ready for some of them. I some of them were not spoiled for me previously, and I got really excited. And so did my theater. There was clearing, cheering, and clapping. And I, I actually thought they were really well done. I talked with like my parents after, and they really didn't like it because they're like, "Who's this?" Um, they weren't in it enough. Yeah, and uh, it's hard to talk about these without getting without spoiling it. So maybe we we save the we we shelf this for a Monday spoiler discussion. I agree. Adam. I agree. Um, for me, without getting into spoilers, I really enjoyed them. I I thought they were really well done. I agree. We didn't get enough time with them, but I think that if we got more time with those characters, it wouldn't have been a Doctor Strange film. And this film already didn't feel like a Doctor Strange film in certain aspects of it. No. And I think uh, I, I also really liked them. And I think it, it sets up a lot of exciting stuff for the future. It does. And that's the end of that spoiler talk. Um, as far as everything else goes, I don't think that there's any other piece of news and... Do you have any other thoughts or anything you'd like to add before we finish? 
Um, I think that that's what gets me that what I uh, the reason why I liked this Doctor Strange movie so much is even though I have quite a few issues with it, it felt very different from other Marvel movies. It wasn't generic. I feel like Black Widow and Eternals were pretty generic. And even like Hawkeye and Falcon and Winter Soldier, they all just feel very cookie cutter. Um, but this one was really different. It still felt like a Marvel movie, but it also felt like a Sam Raimi movie. And I think they, they he hit that sweet spot of making a Marvel film with his own spin on it, kind of like James Gunn and Taika did. I agree with you completely. I I loved the Sam Raimi elements to it. I think my my initial reaction to this movie was I don't like this movie. I like what it did to set up future the future of the MCU, which it didn't do like a crazy ton. It just gave hints at. But I I do really enjoy after letting it marinate in my mind for a couple of days. I I think that this did a really good job at being an MCU movie that's different from what we've seen before. Yeah. And this isn't a spoiler because this is pure hypothesis. This isn't something they say in the movie, but I think one of those post-credit scenes alludes to the X-Men coming in soon. Yes. We'll talk pure hypothesis. I could be a hundred percent wrong on that. So we yeah. will talk about that more on our spoiler discussion. I know a lot about this part. And okay, then yeah, keep your mouth shut. Baby. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I'll shut up now. But I, I think it's time to wrap things up. We've we've talked about this movie enough for it to be a, a spoiler free discussion. Um, let us know what you think of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It was madness. And we're excited to experience it with you guys as well. Um, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much, Dan, for coming and being with us today. We really appreciate hey, your input. I got to get these thoughts off my mind. Otherwise, they just make me bitter and angry. Yeah. Well, thank you. We appreciate you. Um, anyway, please follow us on our socials. We are on Instagram under abcinema.pod. We're on Twitter at abcinemapodcast. We are on Letterboxd with abcinemapodcast and Facebook as abcinema. Or you could email us at abcinema.pod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening today. And as always, keep watching movies.